Today we are continuing our series on the roles of husbands and wives, and today we are going to be talking about specifically the roles of wives and what that looks like. So let's go ahead and talk about it. We talk about the church, family, theology, and even entertainment. In fact, if it's Christian, we're talking about it. This is The Mike Charleston Show. All right, welcome to the Mike Charleston podcast. Uh, this is the Mike Charleston show. I'm sorry, and I'm joined today with Chuck Tate. Hello, everybody, and Sarah Charleston, my wife. Hello, everybody. And as you can tell by my voice, we have been away for the past week, and we were at an event, and we will talk about that halfway through the program here, and we'll talk about all of that. And so, if you look forward to that, that's about halfway through. But that is why my voice is a little bit shot. I, I came back a little sick, and I, I don't think I was preaching all that loudly. No, you are preaching <laughs> okay. that loudly. Okay, no. so it must have been the other thing. I, I just wasn't Lack feeling of so sleep. Well. Yeah, that, that was a big part of it. But today's episode, so what do we have going on today, babe? Usually I refer to Chuck, but... I know, kind of shocking. Um, yeah. Well, today we're going to talk about the biblical role of wives. Biblical roles of wives, and this is biblical roles... Of the one? No. Big it's okay. okay, yeah. Anyway, this is this is going to be a tough one for us to talk about, Chuck. Honestly, I don't feel comfortable telling women what to do. I, I agree with that. Right, okay. <laughs> but this needs to be talked about because yeah. this is in the Bible and women do need to know their place. And we've okay. already talked about it. So if you haven't already known, we, this is part of a three-part series. Yes. And the first part, we, we defined a man and woman and talked about authority and divine order. And if you want to watch that one, it's right up there, about right now, and uh, you can go and watch that. But we just discussed divine order and what God, basically what is that all about? That, the, that we get our views from Scripture, right? Yes, we do. And God has uh, set up a, an order and authority structure within the Scriptures. It's very plain to see how He's laid that out. Right. And we want to get that from the Bible. We don't want to get this from society. We don't want to get it from our feelings and what we just what we want just because we want it. We're not motivated by the women's liberal movement, and we're not motivated by I'm a man. I'm going to crush someone. We're, we want what the Bible says, and so we we're studying this. And so the second part was the role of husbands. Yeah, and so that was. Our part where we have to look into the mirror yep. and we discuss what that looks like. And if you want to watch that, that's up there too, right right there, right, Joshua? And so that'll be there available if you want to watch the roles of a husband. And that, that's a tougher one because that's a that's a big burden on our shoulders. It is. God sets up in that structure, you know, that, that we talked about in the first one is divine authority, um, that the husband is the leader. Yes. And whether it's we talked about the idea that it's not we're not commanded to be a leader. We're just, it just simply states, the scripture simply states that we are the leader. We are. Whether good or bad. Right. We can be a good leader or a bad leader. And unfortunately, it looks like there's a lot of bad leaders out there. But that's why we're doing this, the, the, the programs and hopefully the biblical role of a husband. Sometimes we get an idea of a man who is in charge and so he can just do whatever he wants. That's not a good picture. And then sometimes we get a picture of, well, he, do, he does the bidding of his family. That's not a good picture in there. There's a, there's a good balance in there. So go, go watch that one if you haven't watched that. So this is the third part, and this is the biblical role of wives. And so we turn the show over to Sarah now. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> That's <you know>. funny. <laughs> but no, this is a very important... Why is this so important, babe? Well, because... 
I would say women's roles in general are very much under attack. We were looking up earlier, when did um, feminism come in? I know we had different, I I saw the 60s and we talked about the 40s. And I mean, obviously there's been issues for a long time. (laughs) There's been issues, but yes, the the 60s was a big push. Probably around World War II, I would say, was a big, right. big push. But the 60s was a huge push for the, the women's uh, liberation movement. And it's not that we're against women having freedom, right? Right, no. But, but we, see, we see that as women began to get uh, exercise more and more freedom, as that you see them taking the liberties, entering the workforce, that the traditional role, and historically speaking, and I'm not saying this is what you have to do, right. but the traditional role of a mother in the home kept getting brought lower and lower right. and lower mm-hmm. till today it's almost frowned upon. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's, the, that's the irony of it is that part of this, and maybe I'm jumping ahead too much, but the women's liberal movement is wants freedom for the women, except for if you want to be a homemaker and do what the husband wants you to do. That's unacceptable. You have to do what you want to do. And it's like, well, that's what I want to do. Right. And it doesn't have any place for what the Bible teaches. And I know the Bible, as we talked about in the first one with divine order and what it looks like, you know, there is a, just because you are two equals and just because someone is in charge does not make them better. Mm-hmm. And I think we get confused about that sometimes. And we are equals. We're heirs together in the, the grace of life. Right. And I need to treat you and honor you and, uh, and cherish you. But, the, uh, but there is some specific things that women need to do. Yeah, absolutely. There's actually a number of things that we uh, no, And that's to what do. we're going to talk about, right? That is. If it's Christian, we're talking about it. <laughs> that's right. So, uh, so why don't we go ahead and just uh, get into it? I know you wanted to talk about the modern culture uh, first and foremost. Did you want to go with your train analogy right away, or are you going to skip that? I mean, I could do the train thing. I just read somewhere that somebody was talking about how a train is designed to go on the tracks, and so it works really well in as long as it stays on the tracks. But the minute that a train is off the tracks, all of a sudden it doesn't really... It's a train wreck. Yeah, it doesn't function well. And so it seems like it's kind of, in a way, like women today, we're, we're off the track and we're trying to make things work and we're trying to fix things. And it's just, that's not what we were designed to do was to be what the modern woman has turned into. Well, let's, let's keep the train idea. I've heard this example once, and this was in regard to salvation or different things, mm-hmm. but... A truck is not designed to go on a train track. Now, it can. It's right, going to be a very bumpy ride, and it's, it's going to be it's going to ruin the truck, and you might find it's going to be problematic when a train comes. <laughs> but you can go down the train track on a truck, but it's not designed to. Right. So there are things that we can do in this life. It's not designed just because it might work. It might right. actually be... Uh, working for you, it doesn't necessarily mean what it's designed to do. So we have to differentiate that and make sure that we're getting everything from the Bible, specifically from the Bible. And God does have a lot to say on this, and we need to take that seriously. Now, whether you agree with us or not, that's up to you. You know, you've got to live your convictions. And I know there's going to be a lot of women out there who says, ah, this this is the breeding ground for abuse. I've heard this. And you know what? We preach grace. And that gets abused all the time, but I don't stop preaching grace because uh, yeah. grace is beautiful. But there are a lot of people who abuse grace, and uh, but we don't stop preaching the truth just because other people abuse this. So we'll deal with that when we come up with people who are abusing things. Well, we can deal with sin, but we don't stop preaching truth because people abuse things. That's right. Yeah. That's right. 
So, okay. So you ready to jump in? Yeah, why not? All right. So let's start off uh, in Genesis whenever uh, with number one, which is the role of a, of a wife is the help meet. The help meet, number one. Yep. So Genesis 2.18 says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. Now, this word help me, before we get into it, you're going to get into this because you studied this a I good did. number of times. I, I've studied a little bit because it's in the Bible, but... Quite honestly, it doesn't really mean much to me, so I didn't have to study it too much. I know when I first... I, this is a King James term. It oh, is. I, I, I think it's exclusively King James. I don't know I, if it's New King James yeah, I can't even. remember, but most of them say helper, yeah. Yeah, most of them mm. will say helper or helpmate help even, mate. but it right. doesn't say helpmate, and it doesn't say helper, even though it, that's close, but what's what, what makes a helpmate specific. You know, what does that well, make that so help special? Help meet is designed specifically to help something else. So it's like suitable. It's it's made to fit into something else. Whereas it's suitable, right. a help mate is just, you know, hey, we're in this together and we can help each other. It's just kind of a, I don't know, has a different kind of connotation when you say help mate. Help mate, right? But this is a help meet, which is, it fits and suitable. Right. Right. So what do you have here? You have here that it's in the Bible 21 times as a Hebrew word. Right. The Hebrew word there for help me is ezer, and it's 21 times in the Old Testament. Two times is where it's talking about Eve, the woman helping man. And then one time it's where people were not helpful. That word is used. And then all 18 other times is where God was helping mankind. So it's a word that God used to refer to himself in the way he helps people. So when we think of, well, you know, it says I'm a help me, and a lot of times people think that's a very a lower position. Yeah, denigrate. Right. But it's like, but this is how God referred to himself. So I don't yes. think this is a lowly position that we're in being the help. Right. No, so. when God helps us, we don't think that's uh, lowly. No, no, not no. at all. And actually, what you, you didn't want to put this in the show necessarily, but I'll bring it up. You were listening to some lady, and it's funny, and, and I don't know how serious she was on a lot of this, but she's like, when you need a helper, uh, when you have pl- plumbing problems, who do you call? You call, you call a doctor. No, no a plumber. You call, yeah, you call a plumber. <laughs> Maybe you call a doctor. I don't know. But uh, Or if you're sick, you go to a doctor. You go to someone that can help you that you don't yeah. have knowledge for, right? Well, if my wife is a helper, a help meet, then she must have all the knowledge that I need for all my situations, right? That's <laughs> not exactly what she okay, said. Okay, okay. <laughs> she was just saying that, you know... In the same way, if I need help, I'm going to call somebody who knows something that I don't know because yes. I can't figure out how to do this plumbing thing or whatever it is that I'm trying to do. And so I call somebody who has other knowledge that I don't have for this right. specific thing. And God created woman to be a help. And it's it could be that I know something or understand something or have something that you're lacking. So, oh, I mean, women I think, think they sure do. Uh, trust me. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, anyway, so because in her, I think she was trying to convey that... Again, it's not a, a low position, right. you know, just it's like not. when I call somebody who's trained all. in something, a plumber, it's like, well, he's got a lot of knowledge and training that I don't have, so exactly. I appreciate that. But. Well, and that's where we were talking last week, Chuck, for, for men, that we need to appreciate our wives for that fact, just for what you were just Absolutely. saying, that if they're there for our help. Right, and, and not and just to us to take care of them and their burden on us, but they, they actually might know something we don't know. Uh, very well, uh, very very likely that they do. Yes, <laughs> very likely right. that they do. And I think it, I think it's important for men to be able to recognize those things and and be able to um, 
go to the wife and, and to get the knowledge that they may have, yes. to realize that they're better at some things than we are. Yep. Um, if, if you don't believe they're better at some things than you are, go ahead and have some children. That's right. Well, that's, that's, that's what I wanted to focus on was we were talking about this earlier and like an example. And I'm like, with children, like I'm away from the house a good bit. Yeah. And when I'm, I'm working, same with you, right? And my wife's always around them. And, and when she comes to me, like, there's a problem here. And I'm like, well, tell me. And like, they're, they're, they were fighting. They don't do this anymore. But back when they were little. And, you know, they were, they, were, they were fighting. And this one was doing this. And so I have to, like, okay, thank you for the information. You sense the temperature of the room. What was going on? What do you think? Now, it doesn't mean I always did what she, 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 you thought, right? Right. But I want to know, I want to gauge your opinion on it. What do you think we should do? And then I'll think about it. And I'm like, okay, this is what we'll do. Is that fair? Is that good? Mm-hmm. And it's always good to have that bounce uh, bounce board, or what do you call that? The, uh, the sounding board. Yes. And right. the uh, it's, it's extremely important. And women can, they have that intuition sometimes. They have that emotional sign that guys are so clueless with sometimes. And uh, it makes one perfect unit. But, uh, uh, yeah, anyway. Well, and you've done that a number of times, and you'll have been correcting the kids, and you'll say, do you think I went too far? Do you think I was too harsh? And, you know, right. I mean, I think that's a good thing to do. Yeah, and uh, women can yeah. also be way off in their intuition at They times can be, too, but that's, so that's fine. Okay. You know, we're, we're, hey, which one of us are perfect right. uh, besides you? So, <laughs> so anyway, you, uh, why don't you carry on with... Uh, okay, well, so speaking of the help, um, a while back I, I thought about... With this word, help me, trying to think of how women want to help their husbands and what woman out there doesn't want to help her husband. You know, everybody wants yeah, to help. Everybody wants to help. That help sometimes, though, is not help. And in the same way, like um, after having a baby, sometimes somebody will come to the house to help. Everybody wants to help. And sometimes that help is great. And sometimes you're able to not. just do whatever, you know, they come in and cook, clean or yep. whatever. But other times that help isn't really help. And it's, you know, it actually adds more burden yep. because now you have somebody else and you're trying to entertain them or whatever. So I think, you know, any woman who's had a baby and has had people come and try to help them knows that sometimes the help is just the wrong kind of help. And I feel yes. like in marriage, sometimes we want to help, but we're helping in the wrong way. Like in what ways? Well, like sometimes the things that we want our husbands to do, and so then they try to do it, but then we want to correct them in that and say, oh, don't do it like that. Don't do it like that. Don't do it like that. So like if I decide I want to, I'm going to finally be a leader in the home. Right. And so I'm like, okay, you want me to step up? And so let's go do Bible study. And you don't like how I do Bible study. Right. Well, that's just going to crush me. I'm like, well, then forget about it. Exactly. But I feel justified. I'm like, I'm trying to help you. Like, don't you want to do it better, you know? This is how you do it. So that's where it it, is that fine line. But remember the help after a baby, right? Right. Yeah. (laughs) So what other things? What about uh, to love you? To love me. I don't know. You have this note here to, to love you. This oh, is, okay. Oh, because I said, it? are you making things easier or harder on your husband? I think sometimes whatever, uh, my goal is to make life easier on you. Oh, uh, so this doesn't really have to do with the help necessarily. No, well, I mean, yeah, because I feel like in helping, that is the goal is to make life easier for you. Sure. So, um, so like, are you making it easier for your husband to lead? Are you making it easier for your husband to love? Am I being a lovable person? Yep, 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 yep. Yes, 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 you are. Oh, okay. (laughs) Because sometimes women aren't very lovable, and you know they'll complain that their husbands 
aren't very loving to them. I'm like, I can see why. Yes. I mean, you know, to be fair, I mean, these people are human too. They, they you yep. know, it's, it's anyway. Um, or are you making it easier for your husband to be all that you want him to be, to, to do the devotions or be the spiritual leader or to spend more time with the kids? Or when he's doing that, are you correcting him and critiquing? You know, it's all very that common. It's it's natural. Once again, we're not trying to criticize ladies, right? It, it, we do it, they do it, but it, it it does come natural for a lady to kind of critique and correct her husband at times. And I know that's known for like nagging and, and all that stuff. Well, because but. we do that all day with the kids, and so we're just kind of trained to oh, don't do that. Oh, it'd be better if you do it like this. And so that's just kind of our mode. And so obviously a lot of husbands, you know, you feel like, like oh, it's honey, just we don't do kid. things like that. Don't do that. Right. <laughs> so we just kind of are in that mode. So we want to help you too. But it's like, well, it's a different relationship. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. So being a helper that, that that's, I hope that makes sense. I mean, you could expound on that probably a little bit more, but I like that comparison that after you have a baby, cause I, we've had a number of people help you were on bed rest for a while. Yeah. And we had helpers, and some were really good helpers, and some, they had good hearts. We're not denying that. Right. They, they yeah. wanted to do what was right, but it just, they didn't know how to help properly, and it almost made more work. Right. And right. that's so what it, we were trying to avoid. Right. So it actually helps to define, that picture helps to define the term of help meet. Was it suitable help? Right. Yeah. Right. You know, right. It needs to be suitable. Yes. It needs yeah. to fit. If it's not helping, and it's, then you're not a helper. Right. right. Pretty much. <laughs> so we have to, but that's where I think a lot of communication comes in. And we, that's, if you're in a really bad place in your marriage, this is not going to really help that probably. Right. But if you're starting out, you, you've got to learn to communicate. Once you can communicate these things, I think those doors will open. It won't be perfect. You'll get into arguments, I'm sure, at times. But at least you have those open doors where we can communicate these things and be like, am, am, I, am I being a help to you? Am, right. I, am I criticizing you too much? And, and be like, I don't know. Am I being too rough on you? Am I not listening to you enough? You know, so we can go back and forth and... And reach out to each other, like we can reach on the other side of the aisle, as the politicians don't do. You know, we can we can reach out and say, okay, am I being this and that and the other? And right. so that's I think that helps the communication part. Well, and any woman who's been married for any length of time knows that if she's continuing to complain about the same thing again and again and again, and saying, well, I'm trying to help him, I'm trying to help him, <laughs> then I'm thinking. It's Your probably help not working. Is probably not the right help. Right. So, Try something different. Yeah. And uh, maybe yeah. you'll get different results. I, I think we also need to look at the um, the husband expectations uh, when it comes to the idea of a help meet, mm-hmm. uh, and realize that you're not selling your wife short. Yeah. Uh, did you read one I, of the questions? I did not. Okay, that's one of the questions. Is it really? Yes. Okay. yes, yes. <laughs> but go ahead. Go ahead. That's good. Okay, well, I'm answering a question. Yeah. I don't even know it. All yeah. right, here we go. So, yeah, we need to realize that, uh, you know, the expectations of a husband, sometimes we look at just the physical side of of, of what's taking place in the home. Yep. Uh, yeah. You know, so the expectations would be they're going to take care of the laundry. They're going to uh, right. take care of the dishes. They're going to do three meals a day. They're yep, going to yep, yep. make sure the kids are, are, are where they need to be, when they need to be, and and, and, and acting in a proper way so that when I get home in the I evening, I can relax. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Doesn't that's work that un- way. No, that's yeah. unreal expectations. Work and we're not. If you're, if that is your expectation, then you're not getting the benefit of what your wife really is as a help meet. Yeah, because exactly. you're missing it. That yeah, is exactly. a good point. All right. Well, so let's go ahead and move on to the worst one of the bunch. 
Yeah, this is the one everybody wants to dread talking about. Yeah, right? number we'll two. So number two is to submit. The role to be in subjection. Yes, yeah, subjection, submission. Every woman hates this term, and every man is afraid to talk about this. Uh, except for with a bunch of guys. When we're together, we're like, our wives should submit. <laughs> yeah, like, yes. Um, okay, so submission. What what are we talking about here, babe? Um, well, submission is actually a military term. Sure. So, I mean, we all know in the military you have um, rankings, and so this person is under this person, and it doesn't make somebody less than somebody else, but it's just we have to have order. So right, that's so how that's it works where we, home. That's where we went back to the the, the first Episode in this in this right. three parts right. here, we talked about the divine order. So you you have God, the husband, and then the wife. That's the way God right. set it up. Right. Uh, so it's just to submit, even though it's a military term, is being realizing the the, the line of authority there. Somebody yes. has to yeah. lead. Yeah. Someone has to lead. If we don't, we have chaos, and we have America right now. Yeah, mm. pretty much. So I liked um, one lady I had listened to. She said that the sub- submission has a, the Greek and Latin roots are, they say, to throw a foundation under or to support. Sure, right, right. It's, it's supportive. And so I, I, I liked the thought of that in that when a woman... Because you're a concrete? <laughs> no? I don't know about that. But when a woman is in her place, it like allows support for the man to be all that God has... Called him to be. be, and it's like, and and together, it's just a beautiful thing that God's created to to work that way. And anyway, so I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, and we picture. actually, if we work together well, we actually show forth the Godhead. I right. mean, that we are yeah. working together because Jesus is in full submission to the Father. Yeah. Now, you know, you say, well, what are you talking about? Jesus, when he was in the garden and he was praying, and he said, "Father, take this cup from me," and he said, "But not my will." Your will be done. So it wasn't his will to go to that cross. He was like, I, I really don't want to do this. You know, if there's another way, please. Kind of like a woman. Is there another way that I don't have to listen to this man? You know, but this was the plan the father wanted. And he submitted to that. And he submitted to death for a greater purpose, obviously. Right. And, and he was willing to do that. He was obviously willing to do that. So in the same way, you, you are doing nothing more than what... what Jesus did, right? So right. it's yeah. he, he submitted to the Father. You submit. So submission is one of those, it's a hard thing to uh, talk about, but everybody in life submits to something at yep, some point. True. You know, yeah. we, we are on, I'm, I, we have to be in submission to God. All of us have to All be in submission us. to right. God. I have to be in submission to authorities. My, my boss, I'll be in submission to my boss. You know, all these things that we are submitted one to another in, in the church. You know, we, we, uh, uh, there's just different aspects in society and life that we are submitted to, so we're afraid to talk about this. But with the woman, for some reason, it, it sounds like she's a slave. Yeah, it brings on yeah. a negative connotation. It's, right. it's just been given this idea that she's subservient in some way to right. to the yeah. to the husband, and in all things has to do. Well, the scripture actually says in all so in all things. Right, right. But we see it. We see submission as something that's that's bad. Right, right. Yeah. And do. actually, the Bible teaches as a good thing. And so obviously our understanding of submission somewhere along the line got messed up. But when we take it outside of the Bible and outside of marriage, we understand it on a normal level. Like when you're in the military, we have no problem. We have no problem. I mean, you were in the military. Did you have a problem submitting to the authorities? At times. Yeah, right. Yeah, sure. (laughs) At times. But you did, and you knew it was for a reason. There has to be an order. There has to be an order. Or else we're not America. (laughs) You know, you you look at that 
that whoever that person is who's in authority over you, and regardless of whether they're a good leader or a bad leader, mm-hmm. they're still the leader. Yes. You still have to do what they say. You don't have to like it. Yep. Right. <laughs> yep. Right. But um, you do have to do, you know, you have to follow the, the chain of command in the military. Um, that doesn't translate necessarily identically. As I'm saying it, I'm thinking, oh, that's not right in a marriage. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> There's a relationship there. You don't have a relationship with whoever's in your authority no, in, in no, the military. Right. So there's a difference. Right. Not usually, at least not at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I like what you said about Jesus submitting to to what to God's will, because it wasn't that He was less, right. you know. No, and I feel no like way. in the right. submission thing, we always feel like because we're less and we're you know we're not as good, we're not as something. You think I'm unimportant? No, not right. at all. But right. I have to stand before God and make decisions. I will take everything that you you say uh, with you know. I'll, I'll appreciate what you say, and most of the time, you're right. Honestly, wow. and uh, there's a few times where we've disagreed, and you just had to go with what I said. And actually, a couple of those you've uh, appreciated that. Right. So we, it works both ways, and we work together. And obviously, if I'm wrong, I think God will show us. And uh, and I think you'll remind me of that. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> but, okay, so let's get some Bible verses in here. We have a few, and I think all the women know these verses, right? Yeah. And all the guys surely know them. Yes, they are do. afraid to read them to their wives because they shouldn't, but go ahead. <laughs> okay, Ephesians 5, 22 through 24. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Yeah, so there's a couple things here. You know, we, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. There's yeah. a key word here. Your own husbands. There's some teachings out there that think that all women are in subjection to all men. No. Right. That's nonsense. Yeah. This, this is my wife, and you can't tell her what to do. You know, this is, she's my wife. I'll deal with it. You know, you know she's not in subjection to all men. Right. And I think that's a very important distinction there, that yeah. uh, being subjected to your own husband, submit to yeah. your own husband, not all men. It doesn't say to men in general. Uh, but so as uh, unto the Lord, for the, the husband is the head of the wife, as we talked about in Divine Order. We talked about this already. I know some lady was like, this is abuse right here. I'm like, ah, get over it. Uh, it's a beautiful passage of the Godhead, and this is how God planned it out. And uh, so anyway, therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, we are subject to Christ. We are. You know, we are to obey what the Lord. We don't, he does, we don't tell him what to do. Mm. He tells us what to do. In the same way... You know, you don't tell the husband what to do, you obey. And that sounds so weird for some people maybe, you know, out there. Like, well, you don't know my husband. And you're right, I don't know your husband. And if your husband is a brute, you need to probably talk to someone and get some help. And maybe the church can help with that. Because I don't know of a good church that would tolerate a brute. Right. You know, so let's go on with this next verse there, babe. All right, it says, Colossians 3.18, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Pretty simple, uh, as Cameron would say. Yep, straightforward. Straightforward. Straightforward, okay, okay. Reiterates what we just said, so go ahead. 1 Peter 3, 1 through 2, and verse 5. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection unto their own husbands. This is a a powerful verse. This is a tough verse, honestly. 
so many women out there are trying to find ways to get out of marriages these days. And so many people, I'm not just picking on women, but since this is the women's issue, uh, so many women are finding anything and every way to get out of a marriage. And First Peter is making like point of try, try hard. Yeah. Because uh, you don't know what power, how much power you actually have by your living, by your living, your conversation, your your attitude, yeah. how you how right. you handle you, how you uh, uh, carry yourself, uh, the way you treat your husband, the way you treat others, the way you treat the children. Yep. Yep. All those something. things have power. Yeah. Absolutely, and being able to. If, I mean, if you want to be able to, if you want change, if you want change in your relationship and you you are willing to try right then this is the this is the method of doing it it's tough yeah it's tough i'm not I, this is a neat when you're in a tough relationship it's hard but there's something glorious Here, here's two ways of looking at it. if it, nothing ever happens you get a big crown in heaven and be like god bless you woman for tolerating this brute of a man <laughs> and he was tough on you he just didn't respect you he didn't honor you he was an unbeliever sorry but you hung in there and you tried. But think about this, woman. If you, women, woman out there, if you're listening, watching, if if you've been in a tough relationship for about 10, 15 years, and you're ready to just give up, I've tried for 15 years, I've tried, 20 years, 30 years even, and I, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. Well, if you try to do it first, Peter, you're like, okay, I'm going to exhibit Christianity and, and live like God would want a Christian to live. Yeah. And you show forth the love, the joy, the peace, the, the goodness, kindness, you know, all the, the fruit of the Spirit basically in front of their life. And you don't know what impact that's making on them. What if you would have hung on for another two years and they actually get saved? What if you found out later, like you're in heaven or something, and you're like, if you would have hung on, your husband would have gotten saved. Yeah. How would that make you feel? You know, yes. like, wow, I yeah. could have seen him get saved. Now, we don't know the future, but what I'm saying is that we should try. Like, this is, we're so weak in America that we just give up. We, we, we just quit. We're yeah. just, you know what? I'm tired. I'm weak. Ah, just, I, I want to give up. The Bible isn't about us. It's about what God would want us to do, and sometimes that means doing the hard thing. Yeah, it does. And yeah. this, I, I admit. That's a very good point. This is hard. Yeah, that's a very good point that it's not about us. We get so wrapped up, especially, I think, in in this, in our country, and the, the culture defines it as uh, individualism, yep. what Freedom. we want, what right. we need, what what's best yep. for us. Uh, yeah. If it feels good, do it. Yep. So much of that is counter to what the scripture says and what it teaches because it's not about us at all. Right. It's all about God. It's yeah. about what he wants and what right. he wants us to be for him. We're already bought. Yep. Okay, if we're a Christian and we understand, we believe we've been bought by a price. We don't own ourselves anymore anyway. Yep. Right. So we need to be in subject in subjection to God, so that He can use us. Yep. yep. And if you are in a tough situation, uh, we had a tough situation in our church recently, and you know they, they ended up splitting up, and it was just like I wish you would have spoken up. Like we can't help if we don't know. So if you are really in a tough situation, you don't have to just 
take it and bear it. You know, you don't, you, you right. can open up a little bit. You don't want to shame your husband, but you you can get help. You can be like, I, I need help here. Someone needs to pray for me. Someone needs to help yes. me out. And if there is terrible things going on, then the the church needs to know so we can correct. So we can we can help. Right. You know, the body of believers are there for a purpose. So if it is really that bad, then uh, then the church can step in and and help right. out. But uh, but this is tough. This is a tough verse, and I will admit that right away. This is not easy, and um, it, it, I don't know how hard it is. I, I can sympathize with women to to have to put yourself under uh, another man, mm. and if he's not doing what he's supposed to, boy, that's got to be frustrating. Yeah. And well, so. but I think about not even just you know how it talks about your husband could be won by by your behavior. But I think about even just the testimony to your kids and to those that know you when they see how you're mistreated, how yep. you know, you're know you neglected, how whatever it is that's going on in the home, and yet they see that you still have joy and you have peace and you love those around you and your kids are all watching, your neighbors, your friends, whoever's in your life, they see that. And what a testimony of what God can do in your life right. when when you do have the love of God in you and so you're able to love when you're not loved back and when you know you don't treat me the right way, I still can do what's right because... God's grace is sufficient, and He does give me everything that I need to sure. to walk in godliness and holiness, even when it's not reciprocated. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so where where are we at here now, babe? Um, so how should the wife submit to her husband? And uh, according to Ephesians, we know in the same way that the church submits to Christ. Right. And so how how does the church submit to Christ? Well. By loving him, respecting him, serving him, pleasing him, following his lead, praising him, you said. So. <laughs> That's what I was going, are you sure about that? <laughs> Praising's good. Worship, ah, you know, I don't okay, know about yeah, that. Yeah, well, anyway. And so in the same way that the that the church does that to Christ, that's how a wife should treat her husband. That's sure. how she can submit to him, so... So, and then um, I have this, it says, the path to happiness comes in fulfilling God's will for me. And so, um, like some people... I don't know if the idea is that when God made Adam and then he made Eve, when he told Eve that she was supposed to submit to the man, I don't think it was out of, you know, trying to see what would make her life miserable. Right, exactly. It's like, you know, he knew that this was actually going to be this perfect thing that's going to fit together. That right, was right. the whole design. And so God I feel knew what like, he was doing. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, I mean, it actually It wasn't a punishment. Mean, no, it right. wasn't. It was supposed to be a beautiful thing, and it really does work that way when we follow God's plan. And yeah, we talked about this a little bit in the in the husband's uh, role segment, but you know, God designed the man to carry some of the heavier things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there are certain things, and I'm not going to go try to list them out, but right. there are certain things that that the woman just wasn't created to have to deal with. Sure, yeah. and sure. and like we talked about it, you know, we we tend to like to go into cruise control and, and just yeah, right. kind of chill. Right, but the wife then tries to pick up those things that aren't responsible that she's not responsible for, and it adds those extra things on her, which is just brings. Uh, Horrible consequences to the relationship and to the marriage. Yeah. Now yeah. she's doing something she Double wasn't burden. designed to do. Right. You know, because yeah. the guy's not doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, guys, step up. Make, yeah. it, make it easier on your, your wife. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the paths of happiness, I, I like that. Not, life's not all about happiness, but the, the joy that you have by knowing that you're doing what God wants you to do. I think is a key thing, yeah. and that I can take pleasure in knowing that I'm doing what God wants me to do, even though I might be going through persecution, I might be suffering something, right. I might be poor, I might be, you know, but as long as I know I'm doing what God wants me to do, I can keep going. 
Yeah. And in the same way, you, you know you're doing what God wants. Here's the thing, though. A lot of women are going outside of this. Are they any happier? Right. It surely doesn't look like it. Nope. Most of the ladies that I go to their houses, their, their, their cabinets or their bathrooms, I clean windows, so I, I'm not just walking in the ladies' bathrooms. <laughs> uh, but uh, the, I do go into their bathrooms a good bit, and I see a lot of prescription drugs. A lot of these women are they're not happy. Yeah. And that is sad. Why are women not happy? Why are people not happy? Because they're out of God's will. Right. And I, that's, yeah. that's a huge reason. Why are men ha- unhappy? Because they're doing it their own way. They're not doing what God would want. Why are women uh, unhappy? Because they're doing it their own way. They're not right. doing what God wants. So yeah. this is what we're trying to avoid. Yeah. And uh, so anyway. Yeah. So then the last thing about submission is that submission, when I submit to my husband, it actually meets needs in my life. It's not that God needs me to submit. Nope. God doesn't need it. <laughs> so it's actually, it's good for me. Right. You know? And so I, I feel like that's a, something that women don't realize that this is not, you know, just for God's benefit. This helps you. Yeah. It's like sin. Most sin, uh, not all sin, but most sin, it's not like it's... It hurts God personally, you know. Obviously, it hurts him personally because it's against his will. But he knows it's not good for us. Right. You know, it's going to yeah. hurt us in the long run. So don't do it. You right. know, and and so in the same ways, this this is for us, and it works for us. So anyway, I know this was the first two ones are kind of heavy, and we got two more. But yeah, I think before we actually break out here, okay. and, uh, take get get into some of the email questions. Um, I think, it, especially when we're talking about the subject of uh, being in submission and subjection to the husband, I think it's a good time to to reiterate uh, one of the rules that we put out from yes, the last time. Yes, good point. Thank you. Is that Thank you, uh, don't take anything that we say here uh, and use it as ammunition against your spouse. Absolutely. We are here yeah. to actually promote God's plan. Yep. And if it's yeah. done correctly, if you're following God's will, if your wife's following God's will. Then these things fit together, and it does right. become the fit that it needs to be. Yeah, yeah. And, and in my opinion, this is just my opinion. Uh, I've heard other people say this too, and I, I don't know how scriptural this is, but you, you men out there, should never be in a place where you have to tell your wife to submit. We should never be like, you need to submit. Uh, this is her duty before God. She needs to want to submit to you. Yeah. And if you if you have to get to that place where you have to submit, woman, then you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. You haven't won her over. You're not leading good. You're not leading well. So I think that's a good point, too, it is, is that yeah. uh, I'm glad you mentioned that, that don't use ammunition. This is not a, a thing for us to attack women yeah. and men and, and all that. So don't use this uh, ammunition. Look in the mirror. So, all right. You want to get us out of here, Joshua? Thank you for listening. This is the Mike Charleston Show. back and uh, during this segment we usually try to do game time with Abigail but Abigail is sick she's not yeah. feeling well and so she's sleeping and we're not gonna wake her up to play a game and actually we didn't have a game so uh, yeah. we were just gonna you know talk but anyway we have so much to cover we have actually five emails that we're gonna cover and we wanted to catch up we, we a lot has happened in the last couple yeah. weeks so, first, let's give an update on Larry. Hi, I'm still Larry. Yeah, well, he's still not here. And uh, Larry is still trying to sell the house, and he will be here shortly. I know people were asking about Larry. Uh, well, actually, no one was asking about Larry. Sorry, Larry. No, I'm just oh. kidding. <laughs> no. But the, uh, so the trip, why don't we, uh, oh, and one more thing, uh, Rebecca's film. So Rebecca's film, our daughter, Rebecca, 
uh, her film Every Step. She submitted it. It was a short film, about a 20-minute short film. She uh, submitted it to the Christian Worldview World Film Festival, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. she got accepted. And so it's going to be shown at the, World, the, the, the film festival. And so it has a chance of winning Best Short Film. And so, kind of excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it looks like I'm going to have to go on another trip. And uh, speaking of which, we have to go on another trip, like, tomorrow. Not tomorrow, Saturday, Saturday or Sunday, because of Rebecca. That's a whole nother. Rebecca's so bizarre. Uh, we love her, but uh, she's way too much like me. Um, I am the one who didn't plan my honeymoon until my wedding day. So, it's hard for me to blame her. <laughs> so... Uh, She's ready to go. That's right. Uh, so anyway, the trip we we were we've been gone. So actually, Chuck, we both went to the same place. We did. We both went to Ohio to right. the Ohio Fellowship Camp. Yes, and this was more of your your daughter yeah. and and son in law Andrew's thing. Yeah, my daughter thing. Hannah and her husband Andrew put this on uh, at their um, on their farm. Yeah. Uh, twice a year, one in the, once in the spring and once in the fall. I know we're in Louisiana, so this does feel, definitely doesn't feel like spring. Yeah. But um, the weather is right at that time of year in Ohio. Can yes. be. Yeah, can yeah. be. If it was a week earlier, no. no. <laughs> we showed up on Thursday and it was 95. Yes. It's like, wait, this is supposed to be down where we just slept from. <laughs> right. But it did cool off. We it got a cool down front. A bit, yes. And uh, we had a great weekend. It did. Yeah. It was you fun. enjoyed yourself? I enjoyed myself until I got sick, and it was just miserable. The the just trying to get, getting no sleep doesn't help. But uh, but meeting. So what I enjoyed was actually with the, the show here. You know, if people watch on YouTube and listen on podcast, and you don't really get to meet the the listeners. Right. I was surprised yeah. how many people up there. There was probably about three hundred people there. And when I went up to preach, I uh, asked how many people have, have uh, checked out the Mike Charleston show, and over half of them raised. Was their it hand. really? Yeah. See, I was looking out at that point. I was sitting down. It was. So was wow. It was. It was kind of shocking. I'm like, wow. And so then afterwards. Meeting some of those people, and I actually like meeting people. I don't always like the one-way communication. It's fine, and I think we need to get a message out, so those are important. But I actually like the interaction. I get, I like to get to know people who are are watching and listening, and a lot of young people actually. And of course, they they want to know what I think about other things, and so that helps yeah. too. Um, but you were there for part of that. You got to meet some of the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. That was we fun. Did. We had a good time visiting with people, getting to meet new people, getting to see people that we hadn't seen in a yeah. while. You know, I, yep. I kind of feel, you know, like I say, it is my daughter. Actually, I actually have two daughters that live there yes, right now, both right. Anna and Rebecca. But Jeannie and I kind of feel adopted into that community. It's it's pretty pretty neat to be a thousand miles yep. away and have such a, a close-knit group that um, you kind of feel adopted into. But uh, yeah, I enjoy being able to meet the new folks um, yeah. that we have and then talking to some folks that we haven't been able to in a while and yeah. finding out, yeah, there are actually people who listen to this stuff. Yeah, I know. That's just crazy. <laughs> and here's the bizarre thing I was just thinking about today, that there was a uh, earlier on in my life, because I, I grew up around the Amish, uh, about 10 minutes from my house was Amish land up in Indiana. And I always felt a heart for the Amish because I felt like they were in a works-based salvation and they can't really get saved. And I really wanted to minister to the Amish. And I never knew really how. And then I moved down to Louisiana. And here I am down in Louisiana, somehow getting hooked up with this group. Now, they're not Amish now. Most of them are are, are ex-Amish or ex-Mennonite. Right. 
Um, but here I am having some influence with Amish, ex-Amish people. And I, I thought that was so bizarre how that's worked out. Yeah, so for people who don't know the camp, so my, my son-in-law, Andrew, grew up Amish. That Their family was Amish. This is on their farm where they grew up. Uh, so it's, it's really neat to be able to see how God has worked in their lives. And they've gone yeah. from this... Uh, oppressive state of, uh, of being in the Amish where they, right. you're right, it's a works-based religion and they, they don't really have any hope. Their right. only hope is in how good they can be and how, how humble right. they can be. We can yeah. get into all that. That's but not good. No, no. But uh, to be able to see them now be able to express the freedom that they have in Christ and yes. the hope and the love and the joy and and have folks that are from around there yep. who are are like them who are at different stages of having left or uh, you know there there's a good opportunities there and it's good to be able to see um, young believers in the faith come and hear the word and yes uh, it's exciting it's yeah. exciting yeah absolutely yeah. Did you I, want to say something well, I just love the the hunger for truth and these people just come and you know many of them there just want to talk and they're looking for answers and they're yep. not they don't have all the they're, you know, they're not typical church people right and yeah one thing about the I'm jumping in I'm, no, but one thing about the Amish is they're they, they are with they are what you see yep. you see what you get yeah. I yep. guess is what I'm trying yeah. to say there's no, no there's no pretense yeah. whatsoever yeah so yep. that's very freeing. I'm sorry. Yeah, you were, yeah no, no, that's I, true. I just, I just thought that was very refreshing to be yeah, around that kind of... So it was a, a very enjoyable weekend. So I'm going to name drop a few people here. So Joshua, get ready here. Um, he's like, what, what, what? what? <laughs> so we got to meet Elliot and Tiana. They're a part of the RMO uh, program that our kids have been going out to, and they came down to visit. And Elliot was, you know, he's like, look, man, I listened to the show, but I do not like the new intro song. And so he's like, I like the old one. Sure. Yeah, there you go, Elliot. That's just for you, okay? I know some other people like the old one. And uh, today with my voice, I think I could do that. Church. <laughs> but anyway. And then uh, we met Elmer, which he emailed here later uh, early, uh, later in the show. We'll read that. Uh, and he, had a, uh, he, wor- he works and he listens to it while we're working. And uh, there's a poor 14-year-old that works. Well, not really. He's not poor. But the, the, the 14-year-old, I think his name was Eli um, that he works with. And he listens to the show, too. And Stephen uh, Bontrager out there, he, he listens to the show. Yeah. And Stephen, I'm sorry, but your friend that was with you, I don't remember his name. And you're trying to get him. He's like, oh, I'll listen to the show. And he's probably listening to the show. He's like, oh, man, you don't remember my name? Sorry, I don't remember your name. <laughs> Then we turned and visited my family. My family lives, like I said, I grew up in Indiana, so we just two and a half hours yeah. to Indiana yeah. and got to spend a couple days. Uh, probably brought some sickness to their house. Well, we hope not. But. <laughs> no, but a lot of people slept. But it, was, it ended up being a really good time. Had a good had a good time visiting. We did. Good. It was it was relaxing. Yeah. We went to Sweetwater. Oh, you did go to Sweetwater. Uh, Sweetwater was nice, so that should give away where my parents live. Um, but Cam- yeah, Cameron got to play a ninety-five thousand dollar grand piano. Oh, yes. it sounded really good. He yes. didn't want to leave. No, he didn't. He lo- he liked Sweetwater. Yeah. Sweetwater was nice, and uh, but no, it was it was nice to be able to see my folks again. And see my sisters and a couple of my sisters and um, brother-in-laws and, you know, brothers-in-law or something like nieces, nephews, Reese, you know, back from college, Kylie. Uh, they're probably not listening to the show, but hey, <laughs> shout outs. Anyway, th- it was all fun. It was a good trip and a miserable trip on the way home because everyone wasn't feeling good. We're all tired, but we made it. And, uh, we it did was make good. it. It wasn't it was too good. bad. Yeah, they all, no, they all ended up with some kind of illness that just... 
it's well, you're still going on. Abigail's got it now. Yeah. So you're trying to get through the through the whole thing. It goes but, through slowly. Yeah. Every person. When Mike said he did fine until he got sick. Well, he got sick Friday night. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> and then he had to preach sun, Saturday morning. So it was. Yeah. And immediately, my voice was shot, and so it hasn't gotten better because I don't know how to be quiet. <laughs> so uh, hopefully true. one day it'll, well, so it'll get your, better. Your trip home was kind of eventful too, right? Somewhat. Yeah. Somewhat eventful. Oh, so. that's right. You blew a, a spark plug. Uh, yeah, so we were traveling home. We were about uh, halfway between Nashville and Memphis and Jackson, Tennessee, oh, about yeah. 2 a.m. in the morning, yes. and the van starts making a horrible sound, oh, no. and uh, the power, he's losing power. So oh, what in the no. world is going on? So pull over in the parking lot, and um, it's actually good to have Jeremiah, because he's yeah. actually experienced this before, and he actually, it sounds like a blown plug. It's like, yeah, it kind of does. So... Um, Diagnosed it pretty quickly. Uh, thankfully, it was it wasn't that difficult to get to. Uh, I was going through my mind. It's like, okay, I got to get a hotel. I got to find a mechanic. Uh, this is going to be extremely expensive. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, so Jeremiah's like, no, we, we we can just disconnect that particular plug and that that injector. And and so we did. That's actually what we did. We took the yep. we disconnected everything, and then um, we drove it home from there. It was very loud um, because you got. One cylinder that doesn't have a plug in it. It's it's pretty loud. Oh, wow. yep. And uh, the other thing that we found out uh, after that, as I got down the road about thirty minutes, I realized okay, now the the, the computer in the van, the ECM, the, it realizes that it doesn't have one cylinder, so it goes into what of a limp mode. So it cut off the AC compressor to conserve Yikes. energy. Yeah. So it's a little warm, so, and you're going south. I'm going so, south. Yeah. There really wasn't a problem till about 7.30 in yep. the morning, but we got home at 9, so oh, okay. it wasn't too yeah. bad. Not too bad. Uh-huh. Not too bad. Yeah, and one other shout-out, Ferris Shirk. <laughs> so I know he says he listens to this show, and uh, he's like, could you guys make it a little shorter? Today's not that day, I don't think. <laughs> don't think it's going to so, happen. Sorry, man. We are trying. Uh, th- these are, we still got emails and two more points, and there is but no I love, way. I love Ferris how he says, yeah, I thought, I, he said, like, hey, I want to condense it. I want to be able to listen to it in a shorter segment. I said, well, you know, it is broken up. And if you're looking at watching it on right. YouTube, right. you can actually go to the tags. You know, you don't have to listen to the email part. You well, don't have to listen to this part. Oh, but I like that part too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> Ferris, we're trying. We're trying. We get it. We we get it. You got things to do, and you can't listen to us all day. We get it. Uh, we're, we're trying. But anyway, speaking of that, why don't we go ahead and get to the emails? And uh, so there's there's a couple of emails, and, and Chuck is going to just – he hasn't read any of these. So let's go ahead and get into this and see what you think. Some of these all are right. just comments and all that. So this one comes from Karen, and uh, I, we knew – Sarah said we knew this one was coming, right? We did. And uh, she said, uh, that's a little small. Can you read that? She said, just listen to the Judge Not episode. The RMO leadership team would like to know what part or parts of RMO you don't agree with. And the smiley face. She's just she's, she's messing. And I, I guess I made a comment about that. I, I didn't remember what I said. And you, I guess you said something about smite. And I'm like, no, not just smite. Uh, the... Um, also, well, I said maybe you don't really have a problem specifically with RMO. It's maybe more Smite because that's what Rebecca had been a part of. I said no RMO too, because honestly, I probably have disagreements with everybody, and but that's not the point. The point is that we can still disagree and still work together, and and all that. But there is a specific thing that we that she reminded me of, and I won't say it on the air, but we can talk about it later. It's not a big deal. 
And um, obviously, it's not a big deal because I send my kids out there every year. Right. But um, but it, it is. Uh, there's nothing really you could probably do about it anyway. So it's not that big of a deal. But thank you for your your uh, your jab there. I I, I deserve it. So. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, all right, so number two, what do we have here? This is from Isaac, and this Isaac, he felt a little free. He got two in t- this week. Mm. So let's go with the first one. Okay, he said. And this is long. Thought I'd start spamming your inbox with some interesting thoughts for your listeners. Proverbs right. 11.1 says a false balance is abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. And then Proverbs 20.23 20, says diverse weights are an abomination unto the Lord, and a false balance is not good. If we look at the deity of God, he has three persons, but one God. In every aspect of following Christ, there is a balance. In judging, there is a fine balance. Yes, we should judge, and yet, no, we should not judge. If we look at the life of Christ, he portrayed a balance in his judgment. Notice that the publicans and sinners leased on his judgment as much of the Pharisees. He even said to Nicodemus in John 3.18, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So Jesus knew who to judge and why. The fact is, God's laws already a judge on our conscience until we are saved. So if we are free from the law, we are no longer judged and are less worried about judging others, knowing that all must be saved from God's judgment. In that light, we can experience a balance over judgment of others on the Spirit of the Lord. Keep on keeping on. Me and Catherine are greatly encouraged. Isaac. Thank you, Isaac. Uh, yeah, I, that's a long email, and I appreciate it. Don't be afraid to send a long email in. Uh, there is a, a balance there, as we talked about. It, it seems like forever ago doing that judge not. Yeah, it seems like a long time ago yeah, at this point. A lot has happened since then. Uh, but that's good. Thank you. Thank you very much for your input. And that's what we're looking for. You know, people want to make comments on something. Uh, feel free to, yeah, to I, email in. I was thinking as we were reading through that, I was thinking of one thing that was that was jumping out at me, and that is that we're talking about, I guess, comparing us and how we judge as to how Christ would judge. One benefit that Christ had over us is he actually could see people's hearts. Yes. Uh, he yeah. could see what they were dealing with. He knew them better than we can. Absolutely. Uh, so he could very much better judge them correctly. Yes. Uh, so, we, yeah, we, if we're going to err on the side of anything, we want to err on the side of not being judgmental. Yes. But uh, we do need to judge righteously. We do need to judge righteously. That's a good point. So thank you again, Isaac. So now we have one from uh, Moose's fiance. Okay, it says, thanks, Mr. Mike, for the last episode you did about judging. It's too true how angry the world gets, and even some Christians, when someone points out what seems an obvious sin. Recently, I confronted a friend on Facebook who was outwardly talking about how she was living with her boyfriend, soon-to-be husband. When I confronted her about it, some of her reasons were, we're basically married in our hearts, and I don't care what a stupid piece of paper, a marriage license, says. This brought up an interesting question. What would you say is the bare minimum of what constitutes as a legitimate godly marriage union? I know what she's doing is still wrong, but it brings up an inspiration inspirational question, question all the same. Thanks, Moose's fiance. All right, Moose's fiance. That's a good it's a, it's actually an interesting question. Uh, what makes a uh, at the minimum what constitutes a legitimate godly marriage union? Now, I I know a lot of people in the past, a lot of people say, well, all it is is sex. You, you join together, and that's what joins you. And I do believe that that's what consummates it. That's what make, joins you together. But you do have to have commitment, and you do have to have, uh, you do have, to have the physical side of it. But I also believe that there is, a, there is a, a practice that's throughout all the Scripture, and there is ceremony. There is a... Uh, a telling of people. You need to get people together to announce that we are married. You can't just shack up and say, we're married. 
uh, if you do that, you have to tell people, we're married. Yes. You have yeah. to announce, you have to make an announcement or something, make it public yeah. that we're married. You can't slink away and go live in someone's apartment for weeks and months and years and then and then say, well, we're basically married right. or... No. Or when God's eyes were married because we're shacking up and, you know, but but I do think there has to be that type of ceremony where we are telling everybody, I am now going to be with him. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think that in the, in the culture today, as the culture tries to redefine what marriage is and constantly water down what the what God's idea of marriage is, right. that it's important that Christians actually uh, present themselves in such a way that that everybody knows that I'm doing this in the way that God wants. Yes. Yeah. It needs to be a public presentation of I am making this commitment and I'm yeah. making it publicly and I'm making it before all of you and before God. And yeah, it's for right. me and her and her and me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if we want to use that picture, like we're not married to Christ yet, you know, believe it or not. A lot of people are like, we're married to Christ. We're the bride of Christ and we are betrothed to the Lord. And uh, the, the ring is the Holy Spirit, you know, is his promise. And he's going to bring us up and, and the, the wedding is going to take place at the end. And when all these things are finished here on earth, and then we'll be wed with Christ at that point. And it's a big ceremony, and he's going to make it known, this is my bride, and this, and he's going to let all the universe know that we are his. And like right now, he can say, yeah, that's mine, you know, it's on, not credit, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's an engagement, you know, like, hey, I'm betrothed to them. So basically, they're, they're mine. It's just a matter of a date, uh, as we can experience with people in, in our lives, yes. right? <laughs> but it has to, I, I believe that you look from the beginning of the Bible, there are ceremonies, there are announcements. You, you can't just go sleep together and say, we're married. I've had plenty of people do that, and there's nothing holding them to that. A piece of paper doesn't hold you together, obviously. Right. Uh, but they just, we had people we know really close to us that uh, were married before God, and then literally the next day, he runs off and goes chase for another girl in Florida. And I'm like, what happened? Are you divorcing her? And he's like, I guess so. It's, so it's nonsense. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we, we do need some accountability in that yeah. area. Yeah, the commitment needs to be there, and it needs to be, if you make it public, if you make it where everybody before everybody and before God, uh, you're 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 vowing to do this. You yes, know, it, it's it's the commitment. It's to actually making that ceiling. All right, so hopefully that helps out uh, Moose's fiance because that is a, a very good question. All right, so next one we have from Elmer, who we met at uh, at the Ohio okay. camp. He said. Hello, we really enjoyed meeting you guys and talking with you at the Fellowship Camp in West Salem, Ohio this past weekend. Would love to hear a podcast on the subject that you spoke about Saturday morning. Love one another, Greater Commission. Thank you, Elmer and Eva Muller. Yeah, it was really nice meeting you guys, too, and, and same thing with, I think it was Eli, um, and uh, we, we, that, that, that's a, that is a good subject. Uh, we worked a long time on that message. Actually, we, we stayed up until 2.30 in the morning changing some things, and uh, it's something that's been on our heart for a while, and I'll probably change some more and share it to Shindig, but as a podcast, we'll think about that here in the next future, in the, in the near future. Yep. Probably be after October. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Chuck's reading my mind. (laughs) And uh, so here we have Isaac, and this is where I was saying that you're answering part of his question. Okay. Okay, he said, 
Hey guys, I really enjoyed the last show on the roles of husbands. It was very encouraging. I wanted to point out a couple of thoughts I had in regards to this topic. One thing I've noticed is expectations from husbands. It is very easy for husbands, including myself, to have high expectations of a wife. However, this is not a good attribute. Our wives have their own limitations. I think of how my wife is able to do things in a day. If I have an expectation that my wife has certain things done by the time I get home from work, I will be hurt or frustrated when that expectation is not fulfilled. But if I don't have an expectation on what she has to get done in the day, I don't suffer my expectations to be frustrated. This is better. It's better to... It says Dennis, but this is... Better to have lowered expectations and be happy when things get done because I didn't expect it to be done than to expect the world out of my wife and be let down. Just a little part of cherishing and loving my wife. Just a few thoughts to think about, Isaac. Yep, in Christ, Isaac. So, yeah. Yeah, so, so you were kind of fill ta- out in there. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, expectations, expectations, we didn't really cover that, and so that's a good point. Yeah. The only thing I would say, Isaac, though, too, and, and we know Isaac pretty well, um, that I know what you're trying to get at, but it's good to have some expectations. Like you don't want to like, you don't want to be dopey about it and be like, "Whoa, you actually woke up today." <laughs> like you do want to expect some things. Yeah, you do, and I but think it's important. It needs to be a very natural expectations. Right. It's important that the that it is a it's realistic expectations. Realistic. Yeah, yes. that's the word yes. we're looking. The realistic expectations. I, you know, I won't talk about our uh, what. what it was like when we were first married, but my wife's got yes. a. Uh, you, any of y'all want to ask her about her story when she was first married? It, it, it was it was difficult. Uh, just a lot of wasted time. Whenever you look back at it today, <laughs> that's expected. We were young, you, you yep, know. You had a lot of time normal. on your right. hands. That was pretty normal, right. but yeah. hey, pretty impressive, Isaac, to hear that from you. Isaac's a, a newlywed. He's only been married for, uh, I guess, about a couple six months, weeks, maybe. maybe? Yeah, like I don't remember months, yeah. something like that. Yep. So, um, uh, yeah, the, the sooner you learn to have realistic expectations, the better. That's yeah. right. So anyway, the uh, yeah. Why don't we go ahead and get out? We're, we are running long, so Ferris, sorry, but you know what? They create this thing called a pause button, and then you can just finish it off the next day. Yeah, resume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, let us get out of here, Joshua, and then we'll finish up the last two points. You've been listening to the Mike Charleston Show. We are back, and we're going to finish up our conversation on the roles of wives. And we are we are running a little long, but that, that's fine. You can, guys can press the pause button, like I said. Uh, but it's this is number three. Yeah, first one was help meet. Second one was uh, submit, and a third one we're going to talk about is reverence and respect. Reverence and respect. So, babe, Ephesians five thirty three. It says, nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Okay, so now we're going to do something on this show that is going to be very rare. Um, we use the King James Bible for many reasons. Uh, you know, if you don't, whatever, that's your, your decision, but we, uh, we use the King James Bible. But as we were studying this, Sarah found something in the Amplified Bible, and I actually liked it. So you'll find out when you when we read it. So why don't you read that same verse, Ephesians 5.33, in the Amplified. Okay. This is the second part. It says, And let the wife see that she respects and reverences her husband. A, that she notices him, regards him, honors him, prefers him, venerates and esteems him. Wow. And B, that she defers to him, praises him, and loves and admires him exceedingly. Wow. That's amplified. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
I don't know how many women use the Amplified Bible, but wow, that is impressive. Yeah. And I mean, so. obviously, we like the King James. Is is nothing wrong with it? But you know, I feel like if people don't know what reverence means, well, there's a good there definition go. right there. So. That is a lot to handle right there. So anyway, why don't you go ahead and you have a uh, 1828 Webster's Dictionary, a boring definition of it. So why don't you go ahead and get that? Okay. It's fear, uh, reverence means fear mingled with respect and esteem, veneration. Veneration is the highest degree of respect and reverence, respect mingled with some degree of awe, a feeling or sentiment excited by the dignity and superiority of a person or by the sacredness of his character. That's a breath. That's a lot right there. That is a lot. That is a lot. So that is the definition of reverence. From the 1828 dictionary. But I feel like if women, you know, you really think through some of these words or just look up reverence in your own dictionary, whatever. But I feel like it's a it's a big word. You know, it's it's a lot that we're supposed to do, not just submit and, okay, go do what he says, but we're actually supposed to, to treat you with this high respect, this honor, this yeah. preferring, this, you know, it, it's it's a lot to think through. And it's a big it's a big deal because I know that as for a man, and uh, speaking for a man because I'm not a woman, that respect is huge. Yeah, for a man, respect is huge. That's that's something that I think every man wants. Yes, I, it's probably an expectation. That we, I don't want to say we demand respect, yeah. But it's it's well, almost like we don't we deserve need, it, <laughs> right? That's actually I was going. I, mean, right. I got a question for for Sarah when we get okay. to that point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so did you want to do it? Uh, what Jeannie was mentioning? Oh, uh, so yeah. Uh, when I was on the way over here, I was talking to my wife, and that was one of the things that she said to that I, I'm welcome to share with, and that is that um, uh, before she was saved, she was saved. Oh goodness. I wish I could actually tell you how many years. It's about six or seven years ago when she she really got saved. Um, before that, uh, you can talk to her about that. She'd love to be able to share her testimony. Um, if you're interested in it, she's actually got it somewhere on Facebook so yeah, or YouTube, does. so you, she'll, she'll share it with you. But um, she was telling me that uh, before she was actually saved, before then, she actually uh, didn't do a good job of respecting me or, or mm. reverencing, and that... Whenever she began actually doing that, whenever she actually began to respect and reverence me, that it made things easier for her and it seemed to make things easier for me, sure. for God to be able to deal with me the way yeah. he should. She actually felt like that she was hindering God by not respecting me. Yeah, wow. And that's probably true. Uh, and, and like we were talking about, it doesn't really make you want to do your job and loving her like you should. Not that it's right. But it, it is part of all of this. If I'm not doing my job, yeah. it doesn't make you want to do your job. Now, someone's got to be a grown-up here. And in this case, it should be the man because we're the leader. But unfortunately, it usually isn't. We like to just sit and do nothing. We're just like, whatever, I give up. Yeah. And then the women try to pick up everything and do everything, and they can't. So, Sarah, that's what leads yeah. me to my question. How do you show respect to a man who you don't think deserves it? Yeah, it's not respectable. Uh, I was actually just thinking about that because I think a lot of women would say, well, my husband isn't respectable. Right. He doesn't do things that are worthy of me respecting him. And I actually just heard someone say that, all women, all, all wives should get a notebook and write down, I don't know, it's like 50 things or something that they like about their husbands. Right. And so... Well, something, right? Right. You so, married so, him for some reason. So, so make that list. And that way, when you have those moments where you feel like not respecting him and, mm-hmm. you know, just he's really upset you or whatever or disappointed you, 
go get that notebook and look through and find the things that you do like about him. Right. And, you know, I think about Philippians 4, 8, you know, whatsoever things are true, honest, just whatever's a good report, think on these things. And I think in marriage, if wives would think on those things instead of thinking on all your, you know, failures or, you know, shortcomings that you have, instead if I'm thinking on the things that you are doing well, because every husband is doing something well. And yep. it's just, I, I think the devil has a way of putting the shortcomings right in front of our face. And so it's like, we can't see beyond that. It's like, it's just right there. And so I feel like if we can instead, you know, push that to the side and look at the things that they are actually succeeding in or things that, you know, they're good at, which maybe you'd be like, well, I don't really care that he's good at it. Well, whatever, just focus on the things that are good, that are praiseworthy. Yeah. We are such a negative people, humans, you know, we, we tend to focus on the negatives and forget about all the good. Right. It's like you could have done all these wonderful things and you do one thing and it's like, see? Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, well, come true. on, man. It, but we, what we have to remember, remember the judging thing uh, that we talked about weeks ago is that are you honest with yourself? Are, are yeah. You, you want to be so judgmental on your husband. Are you perfect? Right. And, and so this, this helps balance that out. You know, that times when I want to want to point my finger and I'll be like, yeah, but there's no one better than Sarah. <laughs> so uh, I got no leg to stand on here. Um, but no, that, that other that other week when I when I yelled at you for breaking the window and because uh, she she hit a rock and all that, and, you know. But you actually said I that. thought we were bringing that up on oh. the show. <laughs> <laughs> but she came to me humbly and I I didn't accept it. I had to you know apologize and I'm like I'm sorry. I didn't. I I should have been the one to comfort you and I didn't. And uh, uh, I ridiculed you, like, how could you do something like this? And, well, because it was an accident. And I had to remember, yes, if I did an accident, I wouldn't want to be ridiculed either. You know, it's like, hey, it's an honest mistake. Except for next time, just don't aim toward the house. Okay, okay. okay. (laughs) Just, you know, keep away from the house. Well, it's, it's true, though. I feel like, you know... When the kids are little, if you're short with the kids, you know, I might feel like, how can you, you know, correct them that way or whatever. But if I look at my own self all throughout the day, it's like, well, was I ever like that, you know? Yep. And I just yep. feel like it's just so easy to point the finger yeah, at somebody we, else. Yeah, we always like to point the finger at our, our husbands. I know my husband, but, you know, <laughs> at the men. And, like, you always pointed out that if, you know, the, the, the man, you know, will get in an argument or whatever and grab his wife's arm to, to keep her in the room because she wants to leave the argument and they all, oh, that's physical abuse. Yeah, how many times do you do that to your kids? And, and you're like, oh, but that's just kids. And I'm like, yeah, but mm, are you going to call that physical? So come on. Right. You know, let's, let's, we're not going to talk about that. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Yeah. So reverence and respect, that was number three. Uh, the fourth one that we're going to talk about is love. Love. Now, this one's an interesting one, babe, because, of course, the Bible is replete of every time where the wife is supposed to love the husband, and we really couldn't find it. It never really says that. That You, you keep telling me this, that the Bible doesn't really say that. Well, I always uh, said, yeah, the Bible always says husbands love and wives submit, and we hear that, and that's preached. And yeah, yeah. All, all the sermons again and again and again on divine order, and that's what you hear. But I thought, well, the Bible doesn't tell wives to love their husbands and that's what I thought and because I thought, they naturally love right? I thought it's because we just naturally love but like, then that's I'm not like hey, hey, hey I got a verse for you yeah. and it's in 2nd uh, Tim uh, I mean 2nd uh, Titus 2 3 through 5 right it says that aged women 
Likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Mm. So this is important that the word of God not be blasphemed. Yes. That is, that's that's crazy right there. But that goes yeah. back to what I was talking about last week, that the, the, the picture of the relationship between the husband and the wife is projecting... Um, a view or a picture for the world yeah. of God's love for for humanity. That's why it's serious. Right. Yes, and so that's we're, why we're we take the Bible seriously, and we don't want to blaspheme. We don't want to mm-hmm. upset the Lord, you know, in, in that way. But th- that's not the whole point of this. But yeah. but the the thing here is to teach them to love their husbands and their children. So we are to teach to love. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the older ch- the, the problem is like we were telling our kids. Most older ladies don't really love their husbands, so they're not going to teach the younger ladies to love their husbands because they don't really love their husbands. Right. Well, it's well, true I, that there's a big lack of examples. Yes. That's what we hear again and again that yeah. people don't see it. So. Right. Yeah, no, I, I'm a, I just it jumps out at me because uh, my, my in-laws, I see that with them. Okay. You know, uh-huh. I see, yeah, they can bicker, they can have right. you know, their own things. Everybody has that stuff, but um, they are a tremendous example of love sure. one yeah. for another. Uh, they sure. really do love and, and cherish each other. So, uh, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's good well, to be able to see This one should it. be an easy one because I think that we, we, we know we're to love our enemies, which could be our husbands. Uh, We love our neighbors, which are definitely our husbands. You know, your husband, right? I'm your neighbor. I live with you. Right. Uh, We're to love all people. So I think love is a given, but why don't you go ahead here? You have some other points here. Okay. So I said one of the ways... To love your husband is obvious. First Corinthians seven, where we talk about. Yeah, you wanted to talk it. about this. I uh, do you know First Corinthians seven? It's I'm drawing a blank. Basically, do your marriage duty. Do you your know? marriage duty. Yeah, okay. the marriage duty. Uh, uh, the bedroom duty, and so this one is. I didn't want to go there, but you did. Well, I just think that it's important that women know that, for one. This is like, um, um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. I, I think that a lot of women want to make excuses and we feel like this is, we have a lot of preconceived ideas yeah, coming yeah, yeah. into marriage. And I feel like it's something that should be talked about. It should be talked about, And this about, is something yes. that God created. It is supposed to be a beautiful thing. It's supposed to be wonderful. And the devil and the world and so much out there has destroyed that. They've definitely perverted and, it. And it's yeah, something sure. God made and it's a good thing. And so I feel like it's, it's important to talk about. It is important, so we we shouldn't make excuses. But what do you want to talk about then? So, you just a woman's supposed to do it anytime a man wants to. Is that what you're getting at? Well, I, well, I mean, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, look, man, we God, got kids that listen. Okay. Okay, but God, God. Well, well, I guess one of the things to bring out in that is that it, just what we talked about with the other things. Don't take anything we say as ammunition. Right. Right. That shouldn't be used as ammunition. All right. So the, the withholding yes. of right. uh, of the sexual relationship in order to. Get something. Get something to to, to to just show your anger or whatever, whatever the case may be, to win an argument. Yep. Yeah. That's not that's not what it's for. That's manipulation. That is. That's manipulation. Right. And it's not, you know, we, we're not, um, once we're married, we don't own our own bodies. You right. Know, right. We're, we're given for one another at that point. Yeah. And at the same way, it's not something that I can demand and be like, see here, 1 Corinthians 7, I, woman, come on. Right. Uh, it's yeah. time. Uh, we're not praying and we're not fasting. So <laughs> let's go. 
Yeah. And um, but at the same time, I, I do think it is a man's duty to be sensitive. Because if you really have to try to persuade your wife at that point, is it worth it? Uh, I would agree with that. <laughs> right. It's, it's not. It's a lot of work, and you're like, yeah. you know what? <laughs> Forget this. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not dealing with this. But just be careful of the fruit of that. If, if it becomes that cold, I'm not making excuses for guys, but they will go elsewhere and do other things. Now, it's, it's all sin, yep. but don't be shocked when that happens. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's not an excuse. Once again, I want to make that clear. It's not an excuse. Mm-hmm. Guys need to be in subject of their own body and, and control their own urges. But it should be a, a mutual thing that we should come to this together. Right. And the Bible does teach we shouldn't be apart off a long time right. because that does create problems. Right. Except it's an agreement, like you said, we're, we're prayer and fasting. If you're yes. agreeing for a period of time for the purpose of prayer and fasting, then yes, but you need right. to come back together after that. Time. Yeah, because it's a good thing. God yes. has created it for unity. And, and it's and it's good for both. Like I think mm-hmm. in society, we're just taught that it's good for men. Yeah, talk about that. But well, oh. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's. I mean, it can be good for men, but it's also good for women. Look at Sarah when she was told she was going to have a baby. She says, am I going to have pleasure being? You know, I'm 90 yeah. years old or whatever, and yeah. I don't think she was. <laughs> yeah. I don't think she was talking about just the pleasure of having a baby. She was talking about sexual pleasure, and right. it's like God designed it to be pleasurable for both parties. Like yep. this, it, yep. it was a good thing, and so it's not something. It, you know, especially in our over-sexualized culture, we just feel like it's bad. It is, right. And, it's not, and, but yeah, it is And before about marriage, like that, right? you know, it's just no, 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 no. And, you know, but it's like, okay, well, in marriage, it's a wonderful it's thing. It's yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe not that much? I, I don't know. Okay, anyway. Um, what are we talking about? <laughs> uh, where are we? We were on love. Okay, <laughs> yes. <laughs> this well, is... and there's obviously many other ways to to well, show love to, to be serious now, to go back, because a lot of people will, and I know this is running a little long, but this is, I think this is important, that um, a lot of ladies will feel like, you, because I, I, t- I, I kind of defend the women's side more than my wife does, believe it or not. Isn't that true? Yeah, that uh, is true. And, uh, but I'm like, you know, a woman gives herself. She is, it is, you're giving of yourself, and you, this is, it's just a different dynamic for a woman. And so when you have a man who is demanding and who has been treating you poorly and you're like, I want him to to enter in to what I am, and that can be offensive yeah. to a lot of women. And I can appreciate that. And there is some issues with that maybe. And depending on certain sin that's involved, and you may be disgusted yeah. by that. And you need help at that point. Get get with people at church. Get with uh, your leaders in, in your fellowships. Uh, get with people you can trust. And work these things out. This yeah. is very important. Mm-hmm. But to, to just let it linger like that and just... Uh, this is the other thing, is communicate these things. I know some ladies that have been having problems for years won't say a thing, and the husband thinks things are going all good. You need to communicate when things are uncomfortable, when you don't like certain things, when you, because you can talk about it. And once a husband realizes that, most reasonable husbands won't do it on purpose. Yeah. You right. know, they're just thinking, "Hey, you like it as much as I do," and they're like, "No." Right. But I, I'm sure they will. I'm sure the women will enjoy it as much as long as you involve them in the process. 
Right. If you're involving the woman in the process and trying to please them, and what do you like? What do you, what, yeah. what you know? So anyway, I didn't want to be Dr. Ruth or anything uh, on today's show, but uh, only old people get that reference. Hmm. So anyway, why don't we, are we done with that, babe? Are you fine with that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's easy for, see, this is the problem. I guess I was getting, I was getting to that. The the problem with it, if good marriages, like you and Jeannie have a good marriage. Yes. Sarah and I have a good marriage. And it's so easy for us to talk about these things sometimes. And I realize that, that when you have a great marriage, it's easy to stand up and just say, just do this, just do that, just, you know, talk about these things. We realize that there are tough times. There are issues that come up, um, but you can't be afraid of those issues. I know that you're 30 years into your marriage, you might be entrenched and you're like, there is no way we're talking about these things. Well, if that's where you want to stay, there's you're never too old or too late to change. Yes. And, and so, right. you know, if you want to change it, you can. Christ is a great forgiver. Christ is a he sets people free all the time. So, he's there waiting for us. So, let's use Christ. I don't want to say use Christ, but you know, he is there for us. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not something that <sighs> It's not something he wants to give up on that you give up on. Absolutely. Uh, you know, he wants to he wants you to have a good marriage. Yep. He wants yeah. you to have an enjoyable relationship where you're enjoying your spouse. Yeah, it creates That's character. his desire. Yeah. Um, and if we are able to um, look at the words, look at the scripture, understand the the roles that we've talked about for yeah. the last couple of weeks, and see that this isn't a bad thing. Right. right. You know, don't try to point out where I don't want to do that. I can't do that because he's this way. Right. I can't do that because she's like this. Right, if right, we right. don't look at those areas and realize, okay, I'm going to do it because God says to do it, mm. then wait and see what God's going to do. Yeah. Because God yeah. will change yep. your marriage. Absolutely. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. All right, Chuck, why don't we recap? All right. So for the uh, today's show, we did the roles of the wives. Yep. And the first one we had was the help meet. Help meet. Yeah, that, not a help mate or a helper in a way, but a help meet. It's suitable. They work together and use your wife's knowledge and opinions <laughs> and gifts and talents, men. They have a lot of talents and gifts and abilities. Use them. The uh, second role we talked about was to be in subjection or to submit to your husband. Yeah, babe, what do you want to say about that? I think women should submit. Yeah, that's that's not an easy one to talk about, but we did talk about what it actually means to be in subjection. Yeah. Uh, The third is to respect and reverence your husband. Yes. Yeah. This is a good one, right? That's a good one. So Hard respect to do your, sometimes. Yeah, we want it. We want respect, but we also we should des- desire to. Uh, earn it, even Correct. though you can never earn all of it, but it's your job to to reverence and respect us. Right. Yes. And the fourth of all, we talked about love. Love, and this is easy. This is a, whether it was sexual love or just a, a friendship love, we are to commanded to love people. You know, love God, love your neighbor, love your spouse, love your enemies. We're, we are a people of love. God is love, and it represents in us that we are love too. So I yeah. think that's easy. All right. Anything else, Mike? I think that's it. All right. right, Nothing else to say. So, Joshua, I think you can get it all ready, and I think that it is it. I'm sorry that this this one went a little too long, but uh, I think people will forgive us, hopefully. Thank you again for listening. We hope you enjoyed listening to The Mike Charleston Show. 